Coming up on this episode of Famicom Detective Society, we ask the same questions over and over again until we can finally leave. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It feels a little bit strange. We are recording in my apartment for a yes, change. Yes, yes. We are doing it on a couch. And so uh, this was actually the first time that I was able to see you produce the show live and like watch your screen as it's happening oh great point it's a multifaceted thing yeah but it was distracting because normally we're like locked into eye contact yeah pretty cold open. which doesn't make it easier for me <laughs> by the way <laughs> um yeah no there are a couple of buttons I'm, I'm i'm doing it live which again like is i think since we started recording in person again this is only the second time that we've been i've been producing it live um so and, like, for what reward? There's no, like, audience here. <laughs> it's easy. It is easier this way, even when it's way harder. Speaking of things that are easier, even when they're way harder, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it quick before there's some kind of new Sonic game? I know. In, I, guess, I guess you have a year. Well, yeah, it's true. There's, look, and the Sonic Forces borrowing program will never die. It may take on other forms, but it will never die. Um, all you got to do is write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. There is a chance that you get my copy of Untitled Goose Game. Uh, this is not The Mighty Goose. I feel that now we need to clarify because there's a game called The Mighty Goose on Switch. Um, and that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about Untitled Goose Game. You have no say in which one you get, but you do... You can rest assured you will not get the Mighty Goose. That's right. Another thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate it oh so much. It helps people find the show, uh, boost our egos a little bit. Um, and really, what more can you ask? I, it's uh, In my life, I am trying to achieve two things. Mm -hmm. One, boost the profile of the show, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Two, uh, just you know, hope against hope that I can inflate my poor, sad ego absolutely just enough to get through the day. And to think that somebody can help us do that mm -hmm. in just one move. Yeah. One execution. Yeah. That's and, all you have to do. And it's like a multi-step move. You got to like open the app. You got to find out where to, where you can review and then, you know, like figure out, type something. Yeah. So it's complicated. I get it. And I thank everyone for putting in the effort. I started using the app Overcast for podcasts oh. and there is no rating in overcast what you can do is like star something okay and it like that's just you... for you though right no it is not that's what? what's so crazy about it it like like is a it's like a recommend star huh. and so I, apparently they're like aggregating that information and uh, collecting it so basically what i'm saying and using it to like promote podcasts so yeah, basically yeah. what i'm saying is if you use overcast and you favorite our uh, or like like or star whatever <laughs> uh it is in overcast let us know i'll give you a shout out yeah absolutely wherever you are taking in this podcast there is some way to show your approval of it 
just do that <laughs> and and let us know email us nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail and we will be more than happy to give you a shout out on the show um mark i don't think we should dally too much longer here because we are discussing not one but two video games today let's get into it let's discuss the famicom detective club the missing air and the girl who stands behind <laughs> So I felt like we were going into these games uh, mostly uh, clean slates, right? Like yeah. having very little, very few expectations about what the games actually were. Um, and I, I personally don't have that much experience with um, this style of like, uh, not quite visual novel, but like borderline it is. Yeah, it's definitely an old school adventure game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I would say that I had low expectations mm -hmm. for what it would be just because it's like a remake of a Famicom game. Yeah. Um, well, and anytime you're dealing with a a narrative, a, a, something that's narrative heavy yeah. in a, a late 80s Japanese game video game, right? right? Like you don't have like a ton of high expectations and you're like there's the genuine uh like threat of there being something like that I hate in here, right? Yeah, I felt kind of safe having to be Nintendo. Sure. There, because there was... Oh, by the way, we should just say up front, um, I don't know exactly how this is going to play for people who, like, haven't played these games. Sure. Because, like... And also, we're going to spoil the heck out of everything. Yes. And so... But I'm about to just start dropping names that won't necessarily make sense outside of the context of right. the games, which but, hopefully we will get to. Yeah, no, but I, I, I do think that uh, what one thing to like, I, I think this will be a valuable episode to listen to if you are just interested in what these games are. Yeah. Um. So like, we are going to try to contextualize uh, this thing as much as we can, um, and explain uh both the stories about these uh, of these games. And, you know, the uh, actual experience of playing them. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I guess basically, and I, 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 I can actually do some contextualization right now. <laughs> Just as you go. <laughs> but ba basically, you know, there's one character in uh, The Girl Who Stands Behind. And he, at one point, is, like, outside of a nightclub. And, like, another dude has his arm, like, his, like, arm around his shoulder. Yeah. Um, like you could with, like, a close friend. Sure. But also, I like my immediate thought was like, "Oh, is this character gay?" Because so much has happened in these games that I otherwise would not expect from Nintendo. Totally. That I was like, "I guess it's totally possible." It absolutely turns out that he is not. Right. But um, categorically not. <laughs> but no, for a moment, yeah. I was like, "I guess this could be possible in this game." I, well, because you, you're referring to, I think you said uh, a moment in uh, the girl who stands behind. Um, which we, we played these games in release order. So mm -hmm. we, we uh, did the missing air first and then the girl who stands behind after. And the missing air, and we mentioned this in a previous episode, um, kind of pulls no punches where it's like violence is concerned, yeah. right? Like the, the first victim, the first murder victim who you are hired to investigate um, dies of poison. Uh, or I guess it's not clear immediately that's poison. This is yeah. me dropping spoilers already. Um, but uh, then like the... There are several characters that die after her that are stabbed or hanged, ultimately all poisoned as well. But like you see someone hanging from a tree. Yeah. Um, you see a bloated corpse with a knife sticking out. There's like, like the uh the guy who is like shoved into a another person's grave. Yeah. You there's know? also that. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting that like in the um 
a depiction of it, like it's still it's like fairly graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not bloodless, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, and like you know, the game never forces you into like a saw situation or right. anything like that. And your your character is very seldom in uh, mortal peril. Mm-hmm. I would say there are maybe three moments throughout the course of both of these games where you feel as though your character is in any danger at all. And there's no there's no actual fail state in in the game. Like you can you can always uh, ask more questions to like get through it. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's not even. There's no fail state in the game. There's no fail state from screen to screen, really, from encounter yeah. to encounter. Because the way that um, the games are set up, for better or for worse, is like you travel to a location, and very rarely does the game let you leave that location until you have resolved whatever it wants you to do on that screen. Yeah. So you go to a place, and you have to talk to people or just look around and pixel hunt um until you unlock the information that it wants you to know and then the option to travel will show up there are occasions where you can jump from place to place but it's very like narrowly defined yeah and so like you might go someplace and you're like i don't entirely know what i'm supposed to do here and so head back to your original location and usually the person at the original location will give you a hint being like i don't have anything else to tell you or like come back after you've you know like uh, take your time, come back after you've figured out what you need to figure out, and then you're like, oh, okay, I should go back to that bar and just, like, flick around until I figure right. out what I'm supposed to, to be doing. Just talk to people for a while. But, it, and, you know, this game is not without its, uh, what you, you mentioned, um, like, pixel hunting, um, and it's not quite so bad as that. Like, the, the places that you can search on every screen are pretty broad uh, in, like, finding the, the actual uh, place. And generally speaking, if you, uh, like, have an inquisitive mind and are, like, looking at things, you will just stumble on uh, the clues that the game wants you to find. However, too frequently, and this is my main knock against this game, is that it will make you do something uh, multiple times, yeah, the same thing multiple times, um, where you are not getting different feedback each time, where you are getting the same sort of like, yeah, whatever, like, yeah, I don't think I should interact with that, or like, doesn't seem like this person has anything to say about this, that you have to do those things multiple times to trigger them being like, oh, you sure do ask a lot. Or there's a moment in the uh, in the second game where you have to you have a a friend with you who's sort of acting as your bodyguard, and you have to look at his wig three times <laughs> before the scene. You have to like investigate his wig and like just look at it and do it again and do it again and do it again. Right, three times before he uh, like advances the scene. Yeah, and that's really uh I feel like where the game shows its age. Yeah. And I was actually surprised. I feel like in the uh impressions or kind of like reviews that I read of this before playing that it seemed to me that a lot of people were saying that The Girl Who Stands Behind, which is the second game in the series, it like improves on that aspect of the first game. And I didn't really find that to be the case. I found like oh, I did. I felt I I felt like both of them had equal amounts of mm, just like mm-hmm. I I'm stuck here, so I will just continue to like try every single option on here and just try it over and over like again. Triggers. Yeah. Um, there was a point, uh, maybe like halfway through the the missing air, um, where I pulled up a walkthrough, um, so that when I would get to a point where I was like, I honestly don't know what to do yeah. here. That I would just look and be like, oh, I guess I had to call for this person three times before <laughs> like, I can move on to that. Or yeah. like, there, there's, uh, there are uh, one point in each of these games where you, you have to try to quit the investigation, which prompts you to save your game. 
Um, but twice it makes you do that uh, to just make the game mm-hmm. happen. And to the girl who stands behind uh, credit, it does like highlight the option in yellow when it's like going to do something special. Yeah. If I could change just one thing about this game, it would be when you are definitely not going to get any new information uh, for asking someone uh, about something that they would just gray it out. That you just couldn't ask <laughs> about Yoko anymore. I know. Because they don't know Yoko. I mean, I guess, I guess, if you want to be really generous, we could say that that is true to life to detecting, right? Yes, yes. Because you just have to be like a, if you're a private detective, you're just like a dog with a bone, and you're just going to keep asking that bone questions until it finally like changes the information which is the colombo approach right like it <laughs> right. is like just just, just like keep one more thing yeah. Yeah, yeah you know something i just i just can't shake i start you know i start thinking about things yeah um yeah so i mean i'm you're you are right of course and like part of a part of the game experience i think is that frustrating time where you're like man i just can't because you also experience the opposite right yeah. you you do experience genuine moments of like I know what this guy knows about, and like I'm just gonna ask him about these things. Totally. And sometimes the game just sings, um, but it's not it's not all the time. You know that is a good point because I I was saying that I didn't feel like the second game improved on stuff on like some of those frustrations a lot. The one thing I do wonder is I played these games pretty much back to back. Yeah, me too. And so part of it was like I can't tell if the girl who stands behind. improved on that kind of stuff or if i just got better at playing the game like you know like after going through the missing air i understood the mechanics a little bit better so it was like oh okay yeah i'm not gonna like uh the game is kind of and yeah maybe this is a combination of both because like i do feel like the girl who stands behind the dialogue did a better job of like kind of directing you sometimes on what you should be asking people and what like you don't have to worry about but it keep but again every time i was stuck i was like well I, there's no reason that this person is going to know about like said character but i guess i'm just going to ask them or like show and them sometimes this thing anyways would, yeah. because they will be like oh i oh i forgot i didn't know this person after asking them like three times yeah um yeah there's and there's also maybe that's also just written into the characters in the games like i'm i'm just sort of thinking about this now that um, in The Missing Heir, uh, you spend most of your time with a family, uh, and the matriarch uh, has, has been uh, killed or is dead, mm-hmm. um, and you have to figure out what happened. Um, and so everyone is lying to you, um, but no one is really suspicious. Right. Um, whereas um, in The Girl Who Stands Behind, um, a lot of people aren't lying to you, but everyone is suspicious. Yeah, and in The Girl Who Stands Behind, like, the whole game, I feel like, is predicated on people just withholding information for you. Yeah. For no particularly good reason until, like, late, like you come back two hours later and then they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to tell you about this thing finally. Yeah. Well, and both of these games, I feel like, are uh, slow to... Th- so these games were originally released on two separate uh, discs each um, and, like, at separate times, right? So they were, like, episodic. Um, and you can feel that, like, as you're playing, that, like, they both sort of build to, like, a mini climax in, like, the middle of the game and then uh, sort of, like, refresh the story, yeah. like, literally in, in the case of uh, The Girl Who Stands Behind um, and uh, sort of, like, represent it. I forget what I was driving towards when I started saying that. It doesn't matter. Um, I think we should talk yeah. about 
the games separately at first. Yes. And because I I I have no idea how many people in the world have played these games. And so maybe we should talk about each one individually because I yes. do think they are like distinct experiences. And the stories hold up really well. I felt like in both, um, I definitely have my favorite. But um, yeah, so the missing heir, you play as a detective. Like you're a kid detective. Um, you have graduated high school, but you're maybe like 17 or 18 years old. And first of all, super cool. Yeah. Right? Like yes. let's more kid detective games, <laughs> please. Yeah. And, and we're not talking like Encyclopedia Brown. No, 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 no. No, I um, want this character who... Uh, is uh, Japanese, but named Patrick Ellers. Oh, uh-huh. I'm, uh, my, mine was named Ace Mitchell. That's very good. Uh-huh. Because they ask you for a last name and, mm-hmm. and then a first name. And the reason you get to input that is because the, the story of the first game is you wake up uh, and you have amnesia. You got amnesia. So you got to add one mystery to the, to the pile. Mm-hmm. The first mystery, who am I? Right. And so somebody asks you your name, and that's when you get to like input it. You yeah. say, like, this is who I am. And one thing that's kind of cool is I think if you played uh, The Girl Who Stands Behind first, it, the game asks, like checks to see if you have a save file yeah. for uh, um, The Girl Who Stands Behind when you're playing The Missing Air. And if you do, I assume like there's an opportunity in The uh, Girl Who Stands Behind for you to enter your name. And so it's just like it checks either way. So if you played one yeah. game, it'll just take your name from the other if you wanted to. Yeah. And but it, it is a hilarious sort of cuz this is a, a game that was never localized when it was originally released. Um and so in its localization now, it is unapologetic in its Japanese. Yes. Um and that's sort of by necessity of like the the stories that are being told are very Japanese. They're very like Japanese family structures and like business structures and like uh values and everything. Um so, like, I am so thankful that they didn't change the uh, Ayashiro family to, like, you know, I'll just not, they're not the Mitchells. Right. You know? Yeah. Completely. Um, it's, it's nice that the game retains, like, all of its uh, Japanese flavor. Yeah. And, like, uh, in the um, first, in the Missing Air, like, a Shinto temple, like, yeah, <laughs> features heavily in it. And they're not like, oh, you mean this old McDonald's that is no longer, you know, like, it's still very, like, yeah, uh, clear what it is. And so the missing heir, you uh, have fallen off of a cliff and you have amnesia. So you're trying to figure out not just like who you are, but um, putting the pieces together of like why you were put on this case, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, You're rescued by a man um, who just like lives nearby and finds you. And he... Amachi is how how he introduces himself to you. Yeah. And so, and you will, uh, you interact with him like multiple times in the game. Like he offers to like, have your shirt cleaned, like all all this kind of like. Oh, he just stuff. does it. He oh, just right, cleans. he doesn't offer. He just does it. He because you you uh you don't realize it for kind of a while, but you wake up not wearing your own shirt. Yeah. Um. And so like the, the it's it's cool. Uh. Also that the uh where you wake up, you are at the base of a cliff that is famous for suicide. And immediately when yeah. it's like suicide cliff, I'm like. Oh okay. oh, okay. All right. <laughs> like, this is not, yeah. uh, like, we're, we're going to go there. Yeah. We're adults. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So, you know, there, there are a bunch of questions just sort of, like, hovering around in the background where you're like, why was I at the suicide cliff? Was I trying to commit suicide? Was I, at- you know, the, any, 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 was it an accident? Was I attacked? Um, and so there's that sort of mystery. And then you also um, come to understand that you have been hired 
uh, you work for a detective agency and you have been hired to uh, investigate uh, the murder uh, or the death of the matriarch of the uh, Ayashiro family, Kiku uh, Ayashiro. Um, and so uh, that that is another mystery that you have. And then also just sort of like softly in the background, you have the third mystery of, by the way, you were also trying to investigate the whereabouts of your parents because you're an orphan. Right. Um, which, who am I? Who are my parents? Oh, and there's this murder mystery. Yeah. And the thing that, so, okay, I thought that I like the story of the missing heir more than I like the story of the girl who stands behind. And I think for me, the reason I like that is because I felt like there were so many reveals yes. in the missing heir that genuinely I was like, kind of like surprised by um, in a way that like the girl who stands behind didn't really do that for me. And uh, I, I, I don't really know why. Well, I mean, there is sort of the difference uh, in the missing heir that it makes you part of the mystery. It yeah. makes your character part of the mystery. You're invested. Yeah. And when I say part of the mystery, it's not just the mystery of your identity or your parentage, but like you discover and like chapters ahead of the characters that you are the titular missing heir. Right. Um, that your parents were connected to the Ayashiro family, in fact, is one of them. Um, and so like all of that, you know, builds into a moment that is like a heroic moment for you, the character. Um, whereas the girl who stands behind pretty much stays like within the drama of the people that you're visiting um, at, at, at the school. And like, it's sort of uh, nice that it's connected with uh, Ayumi, who is uh, your partner also in, uh, in this game too. Um, but it's still not quite the same as like you yourself being uh, like the, thing around which the whole mystery revolves yeah and they both have kind of like a supernatural twist to them like in the missing air like um kiku the uh matriarch of the ayashiro family sh there's a legend around this is great. it i love where this. like she is walking around after like out of her grave yeah um after her death and to like take revenge or something like that, like to like, like terrorize the country, yeah. countryside. Um, it's it's you you discover the the legend of the Ayashiro family um, as you're playing the game, uh, and it it basically comes down to um, that you know, they betrayed someone or whatever, um, and so they they have a, a history of raising from the grave to uh, torment the people who tormented them, and the Ayashiro family in the modern day. Um, runs a, a sort of aggressive company, right? I guess right. like that's yeah. not not criminal necessarily. But... Not criminal necessarily, but it sounds like like uh, uh Kiku's like husband, yeah. Um, d like did things that were really bad, yeah. And so and drove multiple people to suicide. Yeah, drove multiple. Yes. Again, we're dealing with suicide. This game's not for babies. It's grown ups playing these games. And so it's like okay, so Kiku, you know, uh, the villagers are convinced that she is like walking around the countryside that she is like. Because there are, like, multiple versions. Like, the bodies are piling up yeah. in, uh, in the missing air. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous because you are hired <laughs> to investigate this thing. And then, and then bodies, right? Like, it's like something like five more people are killed on your watch. Or, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not great. It's not a good look. Um, and so it all, like, is kind of, like, leading to this moment where they're going to, like, okay, we're going to – actually, I mean, this is maybe the halfway point. But they're, like, we're going to excavate. We're going to exhume. Uh, uh, Kiku's body, right? Um, because we need to check something, but also just to kind of like 
prove that, yeah, she is here. Like, she's not up walking around. And then it turns, and her nephew, uh, what is well, her, her, her nephew's son, oh, Akira. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her nephew's son, who had been, like, missing for a while, they, when they open up Kiku's grave, his body is, like, stuffed into it. And it's grotesque. It's grotesque, but also, like, that was a twist that I did not see coming. Yeah, me neither. Like, I did not expect, um, maybe because I was, like, I don't, like, I didn't expect this game to play so dirty. You know yeah, what I mean? Where yeah, it was, like, totally. oh, yeah, we're going to, like, uh, this guy's dead. He's crammed into this, like, really, like, tiny space in this really, like, grotesque way. And you're, like, oh, okay, that's, like, the kind of game I'm playing. And so I really like those kinds of twists. Like, it took yeah. me by surprise. Um, and I really appreciated that at the end of The Missing Air, the game does do, like, a full-on, like, uh, first-person dungeon crawler-esque yeah, little, like, puzzle that you have to do. Yeah. And I miss that from um, The Girl Who Stands Behind, because that just kind of, like, resolves itself through... Uh, there's no, like, puzzle, really, you have to solve at the end. It's just, yeah. like, you just advance the story and then the mystery reveals itself and um and so i just thought all of like the surprises in the missing air the even though like the grand mystery of like who is the missing air like who is the ultimate bad guy like i kind of saw coming i it didn't i i was less ahead of the game on who is the ultimate bad guy um like i had my suspicions um but like there there are enough like there, there's a little while where i was like yeah akira's probably behind this like i, I feel like it does do a pretty good job of throwing you off um the that that case but yeah like you you it becomes obvious like very early that well i guess like the 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 setup here is that uh kiku has uh has died um the butler suspects foul play um uh, because she died on the night that her will was read um to her closest family and her closest family are her two nephews and her niece and they're all involved in the Ayashiro uh, company, except for the niece. Um, but so they all have like a vested interest in like being the person to be the the heir of the Ayashiro, Ayashiro uh, family fortune. Um, but uh, the there's sort of the like uh, always hanging uh, thing of like, but there is like Yuri, uh, our uh, Ayashiro, is out there somewhere. This is uh, Kiku's daughter, who would be would in fact be the rightful heir, but has not been. Uh, at the family estate for like 20 years um and it's something that none of them want to talk about um and the uh the two nephews uh kanji and jiro um are hostile to you the whole time yeah. they don't, don't want to answer your questions um and uh azusa the uh niece is, is the same way um like really just stonewalling you to the point where you're like what's even the point of asking these people anything um but so when when you do uh, get to the heart of uh, who Yuri is, um, you know she uh, she runs a. Why does she run away? She leaves. I can't remember. I can't remember either. She she leaves she leaves uh, the the family uh, along with a sort of like adopted um, brother. Yeah. Um. Uh, and like just leads her own life. I guess I you know it's enough to just not want to be part of the Ayashiro family. Um, there may have been some other detail about it uh, that we are just forgetting. But so, like, you travel to this town and you start to learn more about her life after leaving uh, the Ayashiro family, which, like, that's where, that's A, where you start to get ahead of it because you're like, oh, this is clearly my mother. Um, she had a baby and it was clearly me. Um, but just sort of, like, putting together the dots of, like, how she went from being, you know, the scion of the Ayashiro yeah. family to being this, like, outcast 
who dies in a fire and like her husband um killed a man in self-defense and like he could never shake that reputation then dies in jail um it's like there there's all these like layers of tragedy um and well it's not surprising that the end of it is like you are the orphan son of uh uh yuri ayashiro um it is compelling regardless yeah i completely agree and then the other piece of it like looming over all of this is control of the ayashiro family like company yeah and as like family members are being bumped off it's like okay this um lawyer who is like the family lawyer uh kanada yeah kanada 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 i think kanada yeah he, nope, Kanata, you're right. Yeah. He like is lo- he is basically like consolidating power. And you're you are going you are trying to talk to him, you're trying to reach him, but he's really difficult to reach. Um he has like a secretary who's like stonewalling you. Yeah, and great game mechanic, you get his phone number uh, early on, and at any time that you're in the house, you can star sixteen to try and like call the office and they stonewall you on the phone too. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And uh and so Basically, it turns out that uh, Kanata is Amachi. He is the person who um, saved you from the cliff and who has been acting as your friend this whole time is actually, like, the murderer. And so that's kind of the only way that I got ahead of it was it was, like, economy of characters. Sure. Like, Amachi, like, you rely on him. Like, you go back to his place so much. He has to connect somehow. Yeah. And so the only piece that he could really fit into is if he's not the missing heir, which he's not because you are, <laughs> right. then like, totally he kind of like has to be the killer. Okay, but I mean, economy of characters, yes. But there is also a character that rescues you like at, at the last second in the game who is the sort of adopted brother um, who has gone away to become a lawyer in his own right so he can advocate for your right to claim the uh, inheritance. Um and like he comes like virtually out of nowhere yeah. like we we know that he's around we meet his fiance who uh is trying to meet him at the suicide cliffs every day at 5 p.m and it's like there's got to be a better way don't do this here <laughs> um but yeah like when when he maybe it's lovers bluffs and suicide cliff maybe so it's maybe like you right. just like roll one right into the other yeah it's i i mean i believe it it's it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. I'm glad they keep sending you back to that like uh, that stretch of of cliff. Yeah. Um. Because they bring well, you there at different times of day. There are times that where it's annoying. <laughs> it's one of my least favorite there. So you you travel there at one point with um the family doctor whose name is uh Kumada. Kumada. Which I he is like this has to be on purpose because there's Kumada who's like uh, the doctor yeah. in this game. And he is your go-to. You talk to him a lot. Like so he's kind much. of like your a connection to the family. Um, Who's also like distant enough to like speak dispassionately about them. Yeah. And then in uh, the girl who stands behind, there's Komada, <laughs> who is basically the same character model, just like a little younger and without glasses. Mm. And so at first I was like, is this the same person? And I decided to go back and check and see like, no, the name is like slightly different. Yeah. Um, but he kind of plays that same role as like, adult confidant that you have in these games totally um but as as the uh ayashiro family doctor um i i thought he was going to be like that he was going to provide like medical information or something and like just give you clues um but he's such a more fleshed out character than this yeah um because he's also kind of a horn dog right like lots of characters in this in both these games are real horn dogs 
Um, but this guy especially had a crush on uh, Yuri. And I thought that was going to like I amount to something. I thought it was too. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, but uh, when you tell him like, oh, I'm going to go um, meet this woman who uh, I think is this the other brother's uh, fiance. He's like, oh, is she attractive? And you're like, yeah, I guess, I guess she is. And he's like, I'm coming too. And so for the first time in this whole adventure, you've got someone accompanying you uh, to, to the cliffs. Um, and, you know, she's not there. Whatever. Oh, so this was me saying uh, you, you are at these cliffs and you're traveling kind of like back and forth between them and the train station. Um, and at some point you have to come back to the cliffs and Kaneda is nowhere to be found. But, or not Kaneda, uh, Ku, Kumada, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the horny doctor um and you have to call his name three times and the first two times you get just no response uh and you just gotta do it three times and then like it triggers you finding another body yeah well and it's and that there's like a whole sequence at the cliff that's really frustrating because like uh it's probably the nadir of both games where it's like you visit Amachi at his home, at his apartment. Yeah. And then you go through all the talk options. And uh, I can't remember exactly what it is. Oh, somehow it's like, oh, you should go to the cliff to look for clues. So you go to the cliff and you can like look around. And it's like the prompt, no matter where you click, is just tells you like, oh, like I feel like there should be something around here. Right. So you're like, okay, obviously I'm supposed to be clicking. But that is not what the game wants you to do. The game wants you to click around, fail, go back to Amachi, talk to Amachi until finally, like, again, there's no new, like, prompt. It is just you have to continually hit the existing talk prompts and then ask him questions. And then finally, he will reveal another piece of information. And then you go back to the cliff and you can, like, search and uh, find, like, a new, like, uh, the heel of a shoe or something like that. Yeah. But it's like, uh, when that is your first time ex- encountering that, because when that kind of stuff happened in um, The Girl Who Stands Behind, I would just be like, whatever, I'm looking this up where I'm supposed to like yeah. go because I don't want to play this game. But uh, I... I mean, you want to play the I game, but play you, game, you don't want to play, play this like, specific I wanna, game. I don't want to yeah. play the, like, yeah. met, the meta game yes. that uh, The Girl Who Stands Behind wants me to play. But it, I didn't know what to do in The Missing Air, so like, I uh, didn't look up the guide. And so... It was just so, that was like so frustrating. Yeah. That part was just like so, where you're just like, it is so unclear what I'm supposed to be doing that uh, you're, even after like banging every option multiple times, it's just like, just tell me, because there's a really annoying feature in both games. And I think it might be called think in both of them. I can't remember what it was. I can't 100% remember. Oh, yeah. It's called it, remember. In, in the, the missing air, it's called remember. And then in the girl who stands behind, it's a different function called think. But they both kind of um, perform the same thing. Where They're it's both just, just like, like introspective. Yeah, yeah. Moments, where it's yeah. like, and so sometimes it does things. And other, but the majority of the time. Does nothing. It just, you get a dialogue that's just like dot, dot, dot. And like your character makes this like uh-huh. sound. That is so. If if I were to make one improvement to both Let's of these games, yes, I would make the think or like remember thing like always act as some sort of like a hint or clue as totally. to what you're supposed to totally. be doing. Totally. Uh, and then on top of that, we're just gonna keep pitching changes to the game. Um, uh, uh search, examine, take, 
and open should all be the same command. <laughs> Anything that lets you just like look around the, the room, like I shouldn't have to examine the room and see like a telephone and then choose take and then take the telephone. Like I should just be like searching. And if I choose the telephone and I can interact with it, then I'm interacting with it's it. It's also funny sometimes because like you can take some, you there, let's say there's like a cigarette case or something. Yeah. And the options will show up that say, because I do think the good the game is fairly good at like the open or take options aren't there all the time. Right. They're only there when like they're it only appears when there is something that you can actually open or take because that would be enormously frustrating. But the examine is still there. The examine all the is time. still there. But yeah. that's what's so funny is because it'll be like open, take, examine, and so you can like examine the um cigarette case. Or you can open the cigarette case, or you can take the cigarette case, and they all do different things. And eventually, you'll do the one that it wants you to do, which is right. like take, like take it, and then open it up. But all the options like become available at once. So every t- any, even though it is great that the game will only make those appear contextually, it's still like unclear which one you're supposed to do. Totally, and it leads to some hilarious situations where you're like, I'm going to try to take Zenzu the bu- the butler, uh, and it does. Of course, it's like oh, I don't think I should do that. <laughs> Because it's having a hard time understanding what you mean. Um, okay, so uh, Kaneda, the attorney, um, his father was one of the aforementioned suicide victims who killed himself uh, after the shady dealings with the Ayashiro family. So that establishes his... Um, basically, all he's really doing in trying to take over the Ayashiro Corporation is get revenge on them. Yeah. Um which like distills it down to a nice like easy uh, uh understandable revenge story. Um what what did you think about uh I mean we we sort of touched on the um like first person maze uh, at, at the end. Um I thought that was amazing. Um not because like the gameplay like it makes you do a a simple little puzzle in, in first person like that. Um but just like shifting the way you are fundamentally interacting with the game. Um, makes it feel like such an effective climax. Yes, exactly. Made it feel like a real like uh, end to yeah. the game where it's like, oh, okay, like uh, it's built to this moment, and now when I figure this like puzzle out, then uh, the like the mystery will resolve itself. And so yeah, I thought that was really effective. I I missed it in the girl who stands yeah. behind. But one thing that I if we want to start shifting to the girl who stands behind. Oh, I, I guess actually one two things we should mention about the missing air is that you are working for a detective agency. It's like the uh No, we'll get there. Hold on. Uh it's the Uts Utsuki? Ut, uh, it's like Utsugi, maybe? Uh da, da, da. Utsugi, yes. Oh yeah, correct. the Utsugi like detective agency. But in the missing air, you never see Detective Utsugi. Yeah. Um, but the person, so it seems like there's just two 17 year olds working <laughs> at this detective agency, which again, like more of this, please. Yeah. And so the character that you do interact with, um, is Ayumi mm-hmm. and she is like, a Japanese high school dream girl. Yep. Um, and you know, she's the one who is a trophy in, I mean, yeesh, but like, she's a trophy in super smash brothers ultimate. <gasps> okay. But there are a lot of trophies in super <laughs> smash brothers ultimate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that fair, Waluigi. Um, <laughs> but uh, but like he he's like she is like the um uh the cr- it seems like all game developers and like a lot of people have a crush on this character. Um, I don't get that. Do you? I don't really get it either. Uh, 
because it's not like she's a well-developed character in either game. She really is just kind of like the one, in, especially in the girl who stands behind that everybody's horny for. Yeah, um, yes. And in this game, like nobody interacts with her but you. But it's yeah. clear that you guys have like a, a close relationship. Um, so I wonder if that's it. Uh, just, I mean, also she's in both of these games, yeah. which puts her in a very rare class. But what's, you totally. But what's, uh, what I, a, a thing that I like, like a mechanic that she performs in um, The Missing Air is she, like at the end of every day, basically, you meet back with her at the detective agency and uh, you guys just like debrief, essentially. Yeah. And it's a way, it's a really smart way for the game to just like con um recap the information that you've received that day and like lay it all out to be like okay so this is kind of how like it all fits together like this is what i've discovered and this is the story so far um but in like and a really she, like she will also introduce new information too. she does because yeah. she goes that you don't see but like during the day she's like oh i'll go check on this thing and at the end of the day you guys compare information and like figure out what it all means um two 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 questions uh for you how did you feel about uh, the locations in this game? You spend a lot of time at the house, um, the Aishiro family house, um, and with the, the butler, Zenzu, who I already mentioned, and the maid whose name is... Akane. Someone. Yeah, Akane. Um, and Akane's main characteristic, as far as I can tell, is that she does not want to talk to you about <laughs> anything. <laughs> Everything's fine until there's like a stain on the floor. And oh, then and she's then she just like... freaks out. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I won't say anything to you. Yeah. Um, but you, you're also in like that that village that uh, they're they're you're at the train in. station like yeah. all the time. You're at the uh, the cemetery, which has like the mm -hmm. the shrine and the temple in it. And, and um, the uh, the like monk who keeps the temple, mm -hmm. uh, Genshin. Um, yeah. So how, how, how do you feel about the look? I, I, and there are also you go to the corporate headquarters. And the lawyer's office, and that's yeah. Then we, I think we think that's mentioned pretty much it. Them, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you go to the detective's office at the end at every day. And this small village where uh, oh right, you, right. you were raised, yeah, uh, in, in New York, Misery right. Village. That's um, right. <laughs> I liked. I think I liked in general the settings in the Missing Air more than I liked the ones in the Girl Who Stand Behind. In the Girl Who Stand Be Stands Behind, I feel like you are, um, you're staring at like are really like at a just concrete walls all the time you are staring at a lot of concrete walls uh the yeah the the locations in the missing air are more like kind of fanciful but i found that i got more frustrated being in the loops that i was stuck in in that game um i don't know if i just wanted like more from zenzu the butler oh yeah um but i feel like there are so many times where i was just like back at that house and like oh my god talking to this guy again or <laughs> oh yeah that's true oh, yeah. one part that's especially frustrating is fairly early in the game uh there's like a storage area where um somebody's murdered and there's like a door in it and everybody's like oh that door's locked that door's locked and then it's not until the very end of the game that you like have a key and can unlock the door but it's just like a really when they show you it's just a really simple lock and th from that very moment when you're like there's obviously something important with the like yes. locked door let's just break open the lock let's just do it let's get in there let's figure out a way um yeah no it's 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 frustrating and that is also like through that door is where this first person maze takes place yeah um and you know you still need to have uh, kiku's mirror so this is a thing that i still couldn't really wrap my head around um is there a supernatural element to this story or is is it i, I felt the same way about uh 
the girl who stands behind. There's like a ghost story that both these games kind of dance around and then like, you know, sort of suggest aren't real or just like real so, world things happening. But yeah, like, like and the girl who stands behind that one is explained better. I feel like where you're like, yeah. oh, OK, that's actually kind of cool to see how like those why people would like think that this uh, supernatural thing was happening for uh, the the missing air. It's kind of just dropped like it's not really explained why yeah. the villagers. I mean, I guess other than just the fact that um, people continue to die, like it's not really explained why people think that uh, Kiku is like but walking around. But they swear it. Yeah, they, they the, swear when it. you see them at the but, train station, but, but they're there like, is a mirror. There is a mirror that um, uh, Akane, like the maid, put into her pocket, into Kiku's pocket, like when um, they buried her. When they buried her, because it was like her mirror, her hand mirror, and uh, you get it somehow and so it's like how did this but it must have just been when uh when they crammed akira's body in yeah, there. yeah yeah exactly that like when they were taking kiku's body out of her grave because like i don't think we ever learned where kiku's body ended up i right? mean this is a great question yeah. one of the big mysteries of our time before making a sequel to the famicom detective club where's kiku's body where's kiku's body but that's the thing the girl who stands behind is not a sequel to the first game that's right it is a prequel um before we move on to that my oh, second okay. my second okay. question yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. do you have a favorite character that you interact with in the missing air oh that's a really good question um because i do think that one of the things i like more in the girl who stands behind are the characters yeah. i think that there are more interesting and funny characters in the girl who stands behind but i actually think no there is no character wow. in the missing air that really stands out to me as like particularly interesting or funny um i think like the the train station attendant was kind of like he's kind of funny but you do find yourself like coming back to him a lot and just being like this guy doesn't know anything i don't know who was your favorite character i liked genshin um oh okay the, uh, yeah the, the the monk at at the cemetery um you spend a surprising amount of this game arguing arguing with him about the fact that you need to dig up a corpse. He does not want you <laughs> it to do it. It is kind of funny. It is it's funny because there are multiple times in the game where you have to like uh choose the option to like look around and to you like open the grave. To, to you open choose the... open and then you're like tombstone. Do <laughs> and it. And he's like, whoa, 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 no. <laughs> and so I do, roll, I do I do like that. Yeah, Gen Genshin's okay. He's kind of like a cute old man. Yeah. Um he's not as horned up as everybody else. But no, oh, and, and when he's not being a horn dog, Doctor Kamada is also funny. Yeah, like because there at some point he, you know, he accompanies you to the suicide cliffs. Um, but because he's sort of gotten it in his head that he's a detective too. That's right. That's uh, right. And like his braggadocio around that is pretty funny. And the fact that the nurse who like helps run his clinic is like he's just out being a detective now, and I think this is your fault. Like that's all very funny to me. Too. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise uh, there aren't that many characters who like yeah. were written that interestingly versus in the girl who stands behind there are like multiple that I really liked a lot. All right. So let's then uh, shift now to talk about the girl who stands behind, which is the sequel sort of prequel um, to uh, the missing air um, and starts with you meeting uh, detective Utsugi. Yeah. Which is such a letdown because it's so weird. you finally meet detective utsugi in the flesh and he is featured in the game multiple times but he is not a help he's not a mentor he is not helpful he does not sh like play an interesting role in the game which is fine but it's funny to me that they chose to do this like 
uh, solo a Star Wars story esque like prequel where it's like now we're gonna see how it like all came together for Ace Mitchell. Like wh- you know who's Utsugi? Who's like how did uh him and uh Ayumi like meet for the first time? And which I, I feel like that is a satisfying story. That 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 part of it. I I think I how think they it's... meet and solve their first crime together. I think it is satisfying, except that I am annoyed with how uh, Ayumi is written in this game. Sure. Where I am annoyed that, um, uh, like, you spend the first half of the game being like, no. Like, she's like, hey, let me help, me, l- let me help figure out how my friend died. And you're like, no, I can't do that to you. Like, you're too precious and delicate. Yeah, that's, you know? that's, that's, Your that's not Your skin great. is like, you know, I mean, he <laughs> doesn't, like, go into that. But that's, like, the vibe in the beginning. And I was, and she is a character of action. Like, she is not like, okay, I'll do whatever. She's like, oh. Uh, and she's invested. Because she's it's invested. Her, her, the murder victim is her friend. Right, right. But I like, but so I did like that. Uh, I hated that my character treated her that way. <laughs> and I hated that I had no Ace agi- Mitchell. I, I hated that I had no agency in that. I like her as a character. And I, I guess in this game, I do understand why people like her because she's also responsible for probably the most interesting and dynamic part in any of these two games where you told her no you can't help me and so she but she comes she drugs you she drugs you yeah. so you pass out and she's like whatever i'm like going for it and sure it does leave it her. backfires on her it backfires <laughs> on her but we're getting ahead of ourselves now <laughs> but it, um, yeah but i i, I want to go back uh, to the point you're making about uh like this is you meeting utsugi both of these decisions are wacky right that in the first game you know you work for a detective who's just out of town all the time it's so weird and then in the second game that or in uh, the girl who stands behind um you meet him and he's just like you know you could be a detective with me and you're like okay yeah it like happens at the very beginning i actually can't remember it's like what... a cold open yeah it's a cold but i can't remember like what causes you to t- you to meet him but something does and yeah, like the cops are hassling you on like a Oh, that's right. We don't know exactly what's going on, but you're yeah. like running from the cops and you run into Utsugi and he like talks to the cops and is like, Don't worry, like I got I like will take care of him. I'll make sure he, you know, like stays out of trouble. Then he takes you to at dinner at a diner Great. and he's like, uh you do this like back and forth where um you have to ask him in the very beginning multiple times, like, Who are you? Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? And then finally, he's like, I'm a detective. You should be a detective, too. You have, like, some real gumption ask me all these questions or something like that. Um, that's right. That's how that happened. Yeah. And so that's strange, too. And then he's around for some of the game. But, like, in the first couple chapters, it becomes clear that he is uh, investigating another case, which you sort of, in a roundabout way, also end up investigating. Yeah. Well, because they're, like, it, it is really funny because he's, like, the statute of limitations on this case are ending in like two days. So the police have like called me in to try to help. So but, I'm going to be gone for but a no, lot it, of it. It ends stuff. up being like basically the same exact case yeah. that you are doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the premise of the, or the sort of inciting incident of the girl who stands behind the actual like meat and potatoes mystery is a high school girl has been murdered. Um, her name is Yoko and she is the founder of the school's detective club. First of all, love this. I love that they're making Detective Club uh, like part of the mm-hmm. actual like in-universe uh, canon. It's a thing that exists inside the game, Famicom Detective Club. Because otherwise, it's like, why do these games have this name? <laughs> um, but so this answers that question, doing solo a Star Wars story, right? Um, 
And so you spend like the entire uh, time uh, going to her school and investigating her uh, classmates, and but mostly the uh, teachers and staff at the um, high school, which is the uh, uh, Ushimitsu High School. Right, and so, and the where the reason it goes like parallel or combines with the uh, case that Utsugi is investigating is because Yoko was looking into the death of a high school girl from 15 years ago. Which is uh, both uh, a, a mystery that you will be working to solve throughout the course of this game and is also the impetus for the titular girl who stands behind. Right, which is a legend in this high school, kind of like a ghost story about, you know, like you're alone at night or like late walking through the halls, nobody else is around, and a girl... Uh, who had been murdered, um, like shows up behind, you. like covered in blood, covered in blood, yeah. um, very and, like uh, Bloody Mary, yeah. And it's it's like a, a creepy story that like the students have been telling each other. Um, and when you start investigating it, you don't really know like the providence of the story yeah. or like where where it comes from or what the significance is. But it turns out all these things, just like in the first one, um, all of the disparate mysteries are part of one um greater mystery. Um, and I think the sort of like cascading mysteries in this one were more. Uh, compelling to me than uh, mm-hmm. in 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 the missing air, um, but so how do you want to approach this? So you want to talk a little bit about the the Kanata case or like your experiences at the high school at first? Because like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to approach. Okay, I guess like yeah, let's start with the Kanata case, um, because that man, yeah, I. I, I mean, we yeah, we know. Okay, so yeah, to to try and like tie them together, um, Yoko is investigating the the Kanata case, um, which seems to be connected to the death of uh, Shinobu, um, who is uh, presumed to be this girl that stands behind. Um, who stands behind? Sorry, <laughs> I messed it up. Um, and so she uh, is asking around, uh, and um, that's part of what that's what gets her killed is that she's asking questions about this uh, murder case. And the original murder case is the murder of uh, Genjiro Kanada, who is, um, now this is another like crooked businessman, and he, he's doing illegal stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, it kind of seems like small time, or maybe not small time, but kind of like mob type stuff where- Not straight like, up uh, Yakuza, but yeah. like for, for sure involved in some like shady business practices that would like force people out of business and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, so this, uh, not really gangster guy, uh, is murdered in his home. Um, and on the same night, uh, Shinobu, uh, went, went missing. This is all 15 years ago. Yeah. And Shin- it sh- turns out that Shinobu was dating, uh, Genjiro's son. Yeah. Goro. Uh, Goro. Mm-hmm. And Goro's still alive, but like, is not really around. Like you has been scarce. Has for a been while. scarce. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you are trying to put together the pieces of what you know um, about what Yoko was investigating. So it, the game sort of like subtly shifts to you uh, investigating the school's connection to the Kanata case. Um, because there are all of these like little, like Shinobu was a student at the high school. Um, and uh, uh, the evening that she went missing was the first time the girl who stands behind was ever cited by this uh, teacher, Hamaya, what's her name? Um, Hamaya. Um, and so she, she was a student at the time, is a teacher at the school now, 
Um, so you're sort of like putting together all these all these disparate pieces, um, and s- something like comes into view where uh, there is a wall that is patched over, uh, and the old on the old school building by the janitor that night, like late at night. Yeah, it was, he says it was from nine p.m. to midnight. Yeah, and uh, and so that's really where the cases start to intersect because yes. the janitor's name is Tazaki, and he is your first like, oh, this dude did it. Yeah. Like at uh in the game, so like the first maybe like half or th- at least third is really focused on like figuring out what he knows and what his alibi is, but he is given an alibi from the principal Urabe Urabe, and Urabe like is kind of this saintly. Um, everyone person. loves this guy. Everyone loves and the, him. every time you ask people about him, they're like. Oh, he's the best. What an educator, a wonderful man. I would yeah, die for Yeah, he really him. cares about the yeah. students. Like he's really invested. But he also like you uh you know like he is Tazaki's alibi. Like he be he slowly like begins to be really important yeah. to like all of these different people where like he kind of is like covering for them a little bit. Right. Well, it, like it, it becomes a, a a little bit obvious that like things trace back to him in some way just because he's so involved with everyone yeah and you know again this is uh sort of in in contrast to the missing heir um where um everyone is suspicious in this because like everyone is sort of lying to you too and like has something to hide um so uh you're you're investigating uh to to tazaki uh the yeah the, the, janitor. the janitor um and you i forget exactly how but you discover that his alibi is bogus um, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons that he sticks to the alibi, even when you grill him about it, and even when Yoko was grilling him about it, um, is because if he reveals that his alibi is made up, that that puts Urabe in a, in a bad light. Yeah. And he had, um, like made mistakes in his past or whatever. And so that's why he feels like, cause you go on this whole thing to like the village he grew up in. Yeah. Um, and you run into, uh, Dezaki's mom. And man, do I feel for like mom Tazaki. Oh yeah. Because she's I feel like, for Tazaki too though. Yeah. Like he's he's got this whole thing of like, yeah, he probably, you know, ran around with the wrong crowd for a while, but like he has clearly straightened up whatever like mischief he got into. And it was purely mischief too. Like I don't think he ever like hurt anyone. It doesn't or, seem like yeah. it, yeah. Um, he seems like a pretty good guy until these two uh, kids are investigating him for murder. Um, and so this is the 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 point where uh, Ayumi drugs you and goes out to investigate Tazaki by herself. Um, and you know he does like uh, take her to a cliff at knife point and is like, "Stop <laughs> investigating me!" And you're like, "Dude, this looks bad for you." But I that, th- that's up. definitely the most dynamic like part of the games because you like go to his apartment. Um, you realize that he's like, uh, gone to the village he grew up in, but Ayumi is like missing through all of this. And so you like are rushing around, you go out there, you talk to Tazaki's mom and she's like, oh my gosh, what has he got himself into? Like, yeah, he, you know, it's he, very cool. He's really like cleaned and like the stakes kind of like feel higher than they almost do at any other time in the game. Um, and then, yeah, you like, uh, go out to the cliff, which looks a lot like the suicide cliff, okay, but, the not exactly. hair, but it's, it's not it's, the same. It's not exactly it's not the, same. the same cliff, but it looks uh, very similar um, to the point that initially I was like, is this supposed to be the same place? It is not. But uh, eventually you like 
tackle him? You tackle him. Tackle <laughs> becomes one of the, the actions that you can do. Yeah. And if you try to do it too early, it's like, no, I need to distract him first. So you have to talk to him and then tackle him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sequence is really cool. And then, like, Tazaki kind of, like, fades into the background. Y- you will talk to him uh, again after that. But he is clearly not a suspect after uh, that, like, event. Right. But it is cool that uh, throughout all of this, you keep seeing that patched up wall that he did like over and mm-hmm. over again. So it becomes this like this inconsistency or like a, a, a suspicious point um, in, in your mind for a long time. Yeah, it's a red herring up to the very end, except I would say for the fact that this high school at the end of a hallway has an enormous like 12 foot mirror. Okay, well, we'll get to the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but, where it's just like, okay, like the concrete wall is weird. But nobody's talking about why no this one's high talk- school no has this mirror. About, no one's talking about the mirror. Um, and the mirror. So Ayumi has an experience at the mirror, right, where she thinks she sees Yoko, um, and uh, hears right. Is this, is no, this when she, Yoko? No, no. She she did see Yoko. Okay. And Yoko says like the girl who stands behind is like right behind you or something like that. Or is is that when she says Shinobu is still here in the school? feel like the first time sure, okay. at the mirror that she says like is right behind the girl who stands behind is like right behind me or right behind you or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but later yes uh we find out that yoko was telling people that uh shinobu was is still at the school yeah and uh sort of as we're investigating we uh discover that yoko is a cousin of uh shinobu which I don't really know that it's important, like how how we get to that information, but we do see a a portrait of Shinobu uh, up in the art room, uh, where the not Doctor Kanata character, um, uh, whose name is uh, Komada, um, uh, so th- there is a, a portrait that is is drawn of her, and he's like, oh yeah, I guess she does look exactly like Yoko, and you're like, you know more than you're letting on, you yeah. little jerk, um, but uh. So it, it's around this time where you meet uh, Hitomi. Um, and not knowing Japanese names, I had no read on whether Hitomi is a traditionally uh, male or female name. But the game like uh, plays it like a, like a laugh, right? Of like, oh, yeah. here, here's Hitomi. I guess it could be a boy's name, too. Um, and you're like, okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Hitomi's a huge weirdo. There are lots of huge weirdo care like uh, students at the yes, school. Yes. Like there's one who's like you think is a tennis instructor, and no, then it turns out that he's student. just like a big like adult looking student. Um, and then uh, Hitomi's like another one where he and they, he has so many like um, he kind of looks like a greaser a little bit, kinda. But he's like he has a little bit of a pompadour going. Um, but he's like a really tall dude. Turns out he seems like he's gonna be tough. Um, but him and Yoko were like best friends, and he says that Yoko was uh, really supportive of his dream to become the world's strongest man. There's just like throwaway lines like that that are like really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like he he shaves his eyebrows. He shaves his He's eyebrows. Got no eyebrows. <laughs> but, like so he was like one like a really funny character. But that's what I mean. Where it's like oh yeah, the characters were like more uh, better drawn. Yeah. Like in like personality and, and, and there's wise. more of them the, yeah. yeah like uh because you have you just meet all these like side characters are kind of funny like there's a club promoter who is uh like I outside of a now club love the club pr- he, he doesn't even like really do anything that's like that like funny or interesting but like yeah love the club promoter um a drunk guy comes in and costs you once 
and like that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Tomi's great. Like, there's just lots of like interesting like side characters who don't play like major roles. But like, I don't actually understand what Hitomi was supposed like provided in this game. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's just like a, a bodyguard, maybe. Um, we also sort of uh glossed over um Hib- Hibino, right? Who is a very important character. He's a he's an incredibly important character, and kind of to this this point, like the halfway point, we really only know him as um Yoko and Ayumi's English teacher. Who is also sort of a dreamboat. He's a little bit of a dreamboat. Like everyone says so. He's very yeah, he's weird really, that you don't notice yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> he's really crushed by mm-hmm. um Yoko's death. And his past is a little bit unclear. Like he's not from uh the city where everybody else is. Yeah, that's right. And he is also like uh he's just kind of quieter when you although both Hayama is super quiet too. Like, yeah, yeah. But both of these uh teachers um that when you interview them like just shut up and maybe this is uh it only in contrast to uh Komada the art teacher who is more than happy to talk your ear off about whatever um but yeah he's he's uh he's like a gentle sweet easily crushable um teacher yeah both uh both teachers that you interact with like it's very clear that they know more than they are like willing to tell you in the beginning there is also did it bug you that there is a- another teacher who is always just uh, other teacher? He's other t. Te- I think he's uh, classified as other teachers, <laughs> like plural. Uh, and he's o- the only one ever, uh, just like this older guy. And he's always just sitting behind the desk. Yeah. And he's uh, there's At the a, faculty lounge. There's a rule in the faculty lounge that some a teacher always has to be in it. So they, they like they break this rule. <laughs> they also abu- <laughs> like uh, they use uh, like. Uh, Tabino uh, and Hayama, they like totally abuse it to like get out of talking to you. Oh, totally. Like, other teacher will walk in and they're like, like what well, time? It's like go- that improv game of like s- stand, sit, lie down, where like at there's three people in it each time. Like somebody has every at all times, one person has to be standing, one person has to be lying down, one person has to be sitting, and it it's basically like uh, the way that they te- treat the teach the faculty lounge is. The like faculty lounge equivalent of that. Yeah, that game. that one person that you can control someone else's actions by either entering or exiting. Yeah, because as soon as one life. other person walks in, uh, you would away. you would think the, that the rule is only one teacher can be in there. It at does a time. seem like that. <laughs> okay, so where are we in this story? I, I think uh, this is about the time when you are also seeing a uh, mysterious older dude, not even older, but like in his thirties, hanging yeah. out with uh, the principal uh, Urabe. Um, and, uh, the, the students are talking about it too. The students are like, who's this weirdo? Right. Cause he's always hanging around. And this is also around the time that like, uh, Irabe, I, I would say you, you're j- just trying to get more information on him and everybody is like stonewalling you with nice by just being like, oh, he's totally, great. Yeah. Like, why are you, you don't have to worry about him. Like, he's awesome. Um, what kind of car did you drive 15 years ago? Who cares? We're not talking Who about Who cares? Why would you even want to know? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if we're doing a good... I think we are, but I, I don't know if we're doing a good job of uh, like conveying how like diffuse this information is as it comes at yeah. you. Um, because you are sort of just like sitting in the general morass of this sort of information for hours before it starts to come into like clear focus. And that is one thing that I think is more... And I, again, I hesitate to say realistic, but like more realistic yeah. than the missing air. Because the missing air, I feel like, is very, it, um, its story is very focused. Its story is very like, it, like an onion, and just like, oh, like okay, like I'm unfeeling it. It makes sense. Whereas, uh, the girl who stands behind, 
it is much more of like you're saying like this like morass where there are like all these there's like threads that you're following at different times but it is very unclear like how it all will tie together yeah well and it's uh, sort of typified by the fact that you are investigating both this crime from 15 years ago and the murder of yoko um and and to this point uh that's still you're still just at the one death um which is pretty cool uh considering that in the missing air you're just their family death, members death, 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 yeah. knocked off left day right. after day um but so uh you discover that the man that has been coming around the school is uh goro, goro. uh kaneda the son of the murdered uh, uh genjiro uh kaneda from the kaneda case 15 years ago um and so this this is when you're like okay the principal is connected to that case in some way like i know this for sure but you it takes a long time to put like the rest of the pieces together mm-hmm. um and i would say that it really starts to come together when you um uh are you know going to uh goro's regular like the the bar that he he regular he frequents you get his address and you go to like i'm gonna ask goro some questions but surprised you can't because he's being stabbed to death by a fountain pen by a man with a fountain <laughs> okay, pen that's really unclear to me it is a man with a fountain pen but i don't think he used the fountain pen to stab goro however goro has the fountain pen in his hand somehow right so maybe he just wrestled it away from him yeah <laughs> maybe the man came at him with a the fountain pen goro grabbed the fountain pen and so he stabbed him with like his backup knife yeah maybe backup knife is a great answer um but the the pen is has initials on it t u um so there is a, a time here where you are like okay who uh you know because there's of, a couple of people it could be like yeah. uh the principal uh tadashi Urabe. like is it his pen is it like how is this connected to people? I I do also want to interject. The one thing, uh, the the teacher Ayama, who fifteen years ago was a student and saw the girl who stands behind for the first time. Oh yeah, tell this story. Yeah, she was. I can't remember why, but she was like she was at the school. Late she was at, at the school night. late yeah. at night at like ten p.m. and she looked in a window, uh, up on like the second floor, and there was a girl covered in blood standing at the window. And cool so stuff, right? Yeah. And she thinks that, like, oh, it could have been Shinobu, but she thinks that it was, like, Shinobu after she had died, after Shinobu had already been killed. Right, right, right. And, you know, I, t- truly to this point, um, we don't know that she's been murdered, right? right. Like, she just went missing um, that night. Um, so then... Well, okay, so yeah. Goro dies, mm-hmm. and that's really kind of, like, where everything starts to come together. Um, because then you're like, okay, so maybe it like really is Urabe. Uh, you kind of like narrow in on him because then that's when everybody starts coughing up the information where it's like, oh yeah, he drove a car, like a black car 15 years ago. Oh, and by a the black way, car was video, seen, yeah. yeah, like a black car was seen leaving the scene of uh, the crime of killing like Genjiro 15 years ago. And also the principal at this point is uh, missing. He's away on a business trip. Which like a little weird for a uh, high school principal for multiple right? days, but yeah. then you find out that he is not where he told people he was going to be. Right, and I think this is where we just like rip the bandit off yeah. and like re- reveal what uh, the the conclusion here. Um, he is helping to protect uh, Hibino, um, the dreamy English teacher, um, whose real name is not uh, Hibino. He, uh, or at least he, he was raised as. Uh, hold on. I want to make sure I get the names right here. 
Um, he was raised as uh, Tatsuya Uchida, or Uchida, um, who was someone who, uh, whose father, either, again, either committed suicide or was like driven to financial ruin by uh, uh, Genjiro Kaneda. Right? This is what is so confusing to me. This is tough. Because um, at the... Well, okay, let's put a pin in what is really confusing to me about sure. this. Okay, so I think that Habino was born, right? Like Tatsuya Uchida, T-U. Yes, yes. Um, and then... But... And then he changes his name. Actually, okay. his His mother changes his name, right? Changes their name? No, because his mother... This his is where mother I'm, is also dead. This is where I'm really confused. Right. But anyways, yeah, at some point he was raised by Uchida, who um was the su- like the main suspect in the death of Genjiro. That's right. That's right. And he killed himself. And he be- killed himself. Well, yeah. yeah. Because uh and people assume when he killed himself, that's because he was guilty. Right. Of like killing Genjiro. But um and so you get a tip that Arabe, the principal, has returned to the school. And so you go to the school by a, a telephone call. Yeah. And, and your, your character is like, that voice is familiar, but I can't quite I place can't it. place it. And so you go and uh, Arabe is dead. Yeah. He's at his desk. He apparently has killed himself. And there's a note on the desk saying, I did it. I killed all these people. Um, and. But then. Open question at this point. Right. right. Because uh, then. Yes. Then like uh, Habino is there. And sort of like let's spill the truth. Well, he like freaks out. Well, he's he's, he's like out of his mind. Yeah, because yeah. he's 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 like whoa 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 like, Arabe did not kill all these people. I killed all these people. Right, and like is genuinely like screaming at you, and is yeah. one of the more like tense uh, portions of this game. Um, but uh, yeah, he's like it goes all the way back to the Kaneda case. I killed uh Genjiro Kaneda uh Kaneda because uh you know he well he. Uh, there's so many connections here. Yeah. He was uh, friends with um, uh, Shinobu, um, who was sort of like starting down, was like a, a, a good student, but then like started down a sort of like dark path and, and was hanging was, out with these criminals. And she, and she was dating Goru, right? Right. And so she was at- Goro. Yeah. Goro, yeah. She was at uh, Genjiro's house waiting for Goro to come home. And then uh, Hibon, Hibino killed Genjiro and saw- and then um freaked uh, out and then freaked out but shinobu uh shinobu like uh yeah sees at the house so sees him and so uh she freaks out and she runs away but meanwhile habino has called his only friend in the world the person who will protect him no matter what which is of course principal irabe who shows up on the scene and hits her with his car by accident yeah um so this it's that that's the like maybe he killed her right um, and what they do is they take the body back to the school so that they can hide it. Um, and the way Habino tells the story is they're up in like the, the second or third floor, whatever of, of the school. And she comes to, she was only knocked on. Right. Arabe's like away for a moment. Right. Arabe's away for a moment, trying to figure out where they're going to uh, bury this body. Um, and, uh, so Shinobu like stands kind of like staggers to the window and is like, trying to get someone's attention is like trying to get help uh and that's when he takes a vase and just like smashes it over her head and that is when uh the teacher who or the student 15 years ago who becomes the teacher yeah, Hamaya. Ha- hayama hayama yes, uh she 
that's when she sees the girl who stands behind. Right. Who is actually Shinobu at the window trying to get her, like, somebody's attention. Right. So, pin in that, because we got to come back to it. Um, or maybe, actually, this is the Well, okay, but, so, Habino says that he, uh, like, hit, hits her over the head. Yes. Uh, Shinobu over the head with the base, and that's what, like, actually kills her, and Yurabe, did, when he hit her with the card, just injured her. Right. Um, and then, like, he, like, faints or something, and when he comes to, Shin- uh, Shinobu's body is gone, is missing. And um, so he never knows where, where the body so is. He doesn't know where. And this whole her. time you have in your head, there is this plastered over wall that right. was newly plastered over the night of the Kanata case. Uh, it, surely the body must be there. Wrong. The body is buried behind the mirror at the end of the hallway. Um, so people who have seen the girl who stands behind are seeing the reflection of the corpse behind them. We're seeing the corpse behind them in the re- in their reflection. Oh, is that what I guess? That I think makes so. Sense. I think so. Like the actual mechanics of this don't make any sense because it's like, did Yurabe put her in the wall and then erect a twelve foot mirror? And nobody was like, where did this mirror come from? Or you just like lifted up the mirror and like put <laughs> put put the girl behind there? Yeah, but it's kind of a cool like. It's a great reveal. It's a great reveal. It's a really cool reveal because you're standing at the end of the hallway. Um, Habino is like chasing you. Yeah. Um, and he's like throwing punches. And you know, the game is super dynamic and like looks really great as this is happening in a very comic booky kind of way. It's not, you know, uh, but it, uh, so he's, he's swinging, he's throwing punches. He hits the mirror, which shatters, and you just see this corpse, this rotted skeleton, uh, wearing like a high school girl's uniform, like leaning against the glass. Like it's, it's horrific cool stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. But I have, Questions. I have a lot of questions. Questions. Because... I think, by the way, these are great questions, too. Like, I, they make the end of the game more compelling and not less. I think. But go, go. I, I want to well, hear, hear your questions. I, I may just be completely misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. The, or, I, okay. Actually, I agree with you on this part, where it's like, who actually did what? Who killed who? Yes. Um, because, and I think the, it is an open question. Um, because uh, Tobino, he says that he killed uh, Shinobu actually killed her by like uh hitting over the head so like blunt force trauma but then at the coroner end, says no coroner says that they would have noted they would have seen if she had like her skull would have been cracked or something and that was not the case so d- so did Tobino actually do that like, so if, if what Hibino- did Arabe do yes. if anything and what did Habino do and like is Habino telling that story to like uh, protect Arabe after Arabe like has done so much to protect him. And did Harabe like, write that letter? And right, like did, did Habino he... kill Harabe, or, or did Harabe because... kill himself? Because he only knows that like his only value is of service to his to teachers. try to protect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that that's a, a compelling question. But uh, to to the question of did Habino smash uh, uh, Shinobu over the head with a vase and kill her? Um, if he didn't, as the coroner says, what did Hayama see? Yeah, great question. So, like, there, this is this is one where like the question about the ghost story component is um not really answered. Like, yeah, unresolved. There may in fact be a ghosty element to this still, um, which is super cool because you're left with these two unreliable people, um, Habino who's going nuts, and Urabe who uh you know, lies for a living to protect people. Um, not for a living, but he does it. He does it a lot. And then is dead. The part that is so, so, so confusing to me. Yeah. And 
I don't like I feel like maybe I am misunderstanding something is that the game like the story resolves itself you find out it's a bino who did it um the oh man why am I blinking on Ayumi, Ayumi the girl who like is becomes part of the detective club like officially becomes part of the uh detective agency leading into the there is like a direct lead in to the missing heir where it's like you get a phone call and it's like what you want me to like uh go out to this family estate yeah, to like yeah, investigate yeah. this murder but and then um uh Utsugi uh, takes Ayumi out to dinner and you get left behind uh or like kind of like comically I guess a little bit and then the game the screen goes to black and then there's this weird little epilogue where it's like hey by the way about the pen that said TU yes. on it. And the part that's so confusing to me is it has this like crazy info dump where you're like, wait, what? Where um, it turns out that Habino is Urabe's son. But after Urabe's wife died, he entrusted Habino to his friend, the Uchidas. That's right. So, okay. But also... That seems like super critical information, like yeah, or at yeah, least yeah. like, like information that seems pretty integral, integral to the story. We, I mean, it, it sort of does in that, like, it explains why he would be so protective of uh, Habino. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it, weird postscript. It, 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 it is. It's a weird, a weird postscript, postscript to like not like and maybe unnecessary explain that relationship. I mean, I guess it resolves the mystery of like why it says tu on the pen that uh goro yeah had sure. like when he died and so it almost feels like it's like it it almost feels like they like made the game and were like oh crap we didn't explain the pen like here's a weird postscript <laughs> and someone else in the writer's room was like no we explained it right we did <laughs> like no man go back and look we did not explain it never once so they're like oh by the way um <laughs> like Arabe, it was Sabino's dad uh and uh, and, it, but, and that just feels like like critical information yeah, yeah. that would have made sense earlier in the game or like even at that conclusion and just feels weird as like a a, a postscript yeah i agree with that um, and then after that postscript, uh, the game then gives you like a, uh, it analyzes your personality. That's really funny. Based yeah. on how you played the game. And I don't know about you, Mark, but like a lot of me playing this game is just like, you know, cycling through all of the options. Like, I don't, any sort of judgment on my personality uh, feels dubious at best. But I did take pictures of, of oh, my nice. personality readout. Uh, hold on, my, uh, let me grab my phone. <laughs> I did not think to take pictures of it, but I can tell you because uh, in addition to the personality test, um, there's also a compatibility test with Aoyumi where it's like there's out of 20 parts uh, to yeah, tell you yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. compatible you are. How and compatible were I, you I can with tell Ayumi. you I did not do well on that. I think I got like less than 10 hearts. Um, and so like a random student who you meet in the art room earlier in the game, like, uh, I kind of berated me, so I don't know if it's trying to tell me that, like, that's who I fell in love with, or, like, that's who I'm compatible with. Yeah, you fall in love with who berates you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got, uh, just one, one line of hearts, so ten, ten mm -hmm. hearts. Um, but again, I don't know what I don't know either, like, looking, I looked it up briefly, and it seemed like doing things like not showing her Yoko's ID to upset her, like that kind of stuff, mm. like had an effect. 
Um, so here, here's my personality. Um, according to Famicom Detective Club, the girl who stands behind. You are somewhat composed, but you also seem to have a kind side. Uh, you're thought of as a considerate person, especially when dealing with those who are less fortunate than you. You can be a bit rash and careless, can't you? You seem like a very focused person. Oh. So that's that's how I played this yeah, game. Yeah, I wonder what like choices like affected that. Yeah, I don't know. And it would be interesting to like have that information or whatever, but like a- as it is, it's just sort of a weird thing you encounter and you're like, "Oh, oh, all right, cool. Thanks game." Yeah. Um and it's weird that it's not a feature of the first game. But I guess it makes sense like it or makes sense in the sense that it's a sequel. And they're and it's sure, just like and they're adding a little features, like thing yeah. that they're adding. It adds replayability, right? Which like the missing air once yeah, you know totally. the story, there's no real reason to go back and play it again. Versus this game, it's like, oh yeah, maybe like I want to figure out how I make Ayumi and me like a perfect match. Yeah, but I mean the the game is so both these games are so like obtuse that like you know there are a lot of times where like I it it would be a, a folly to pretend that like I know how one action like leads to another totally, result. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, but so those are the two games, the missing air and the girl who stands behind. Um, Mark, what did you think of these games? I really enjoyed myself. I, I enjoyed the missing air more than I'd like the girl who stands behind. Part of that maybe is just cause like the missing air. I went in with uh, like low expectations because you know, it's like, Oh, it's a game from like the eighties. Yeah. Like, how good of a mystery can it actually be? And I found myself like really compelled by it. And so I think like going into the girl who stands behind, I almost had higher expectations. And so it was a little bit harder sure, to I like that. live up to that, I guess. But overall, I really liked it. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, same conclusion overall. I really liked uh, both these games. I think I liked uh, the second one better. Um, the the missing air. I I do think that it does um, sort of sand down some of like the weird uh, circles that you can get yourself caught in, especially early on. Like I think it is just an easier game to play in in the early go. Still has its frustrating moments. Um, but mostly playing these games, like it just made me wish that there was a modern entry in this series. Um, where like you know it, where just the investigation felt more like interactive or uh like they're they're just written so well yeah and, like the the stories are sketched so well that like i just i just want a, a a new one of them but i imagine that there are a lot of adventure games out probably, there probably. that like would kind of fit this mold but i do think that there's a fine line between like what i want from like a visual novel and like an adventure game and i think for me like I want that like adventure game part of it where even if it is very guided, I have a little more agency than in a visual novel, which is exactly what it you know sounds like, which is pretty much you're just yeah like experiencing the story, but you're not really like up figuring it out even in the loose you know like light way that you do in this game um these games do ask you from time to time to like into not into it but like actually say the answer to uh mysteries. Um, and in the missing air, it's you uh, type it out, and in uh, the girl who stands behind you, select characters from like a list of characters. Yeah, and typing it out, boo, boo to that to in typing the missing it. air. So it was like, uh, yeah, I had to like look up char- character names, which okay, like to get the spelling exactly right, which is not a problem, except that there's no way to like once you enter that state where you have to enter a name. There's no way to pull up your. There's notebook. no way to like pull up your notebook, so you just have to like Google it. 
Um, but I, I think that's cool. And if there were more parts of that where like it, where the game wasn't just like, so now we've discovered that this person's the killer where it's like, oh no, it's, you know, like if it just prompted me a couple more times, yeah. um, I, I feel like that would be enough to make me feel like I was genuinely like interacting with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like these games a lot. I don't know if they're worth a, a $60 price tag necessarily, but like, I don't know. I, I played with them as much as I would want to play with like a new um, Nintendo title, right? Like I, yeah. I probably got like 12, 14, 15 yeah, hours out I, of it. I think each one probably took me a, between six and 10 hours. Yeah. And so it felt like long enough. Each is like 11 chapters. Um, I do, we do have like a, an email, right? From one of our Yeah, listeners. sorry. <laughs> sorry, but, I forgot. No, no, no. Yes. But like uh, while you're pulling that up, I wanted to, I teased on Tuesday, like, a connection with Metroid Other M. Oh, yes. And that is, of course, that um, the writer of both of these games is Yoshio Sakamoto, who was also, like, the director of Super Metroid and has kind of become, like, the uh, um, producer for the Metroid series. Like, he leads the Metroid series. And in Metroid Other M, there is... A, I don't remember if you remember when we did our playthrough, but there's a section where you have you're like um it's not really outside because you're still in the space station but it seems like a simulated like field and the game like asks you to like find something that is like yes wrong. oh and my it ends god up being, like a lizard tail or something like that yes. that's kind of like hidden in the i do bushes. remember this but uh the punishing kind of like moments in the missing air and there's a, a similar ones in the girl who stands behind where you just have to like look and click around on every object until yeah. it like makes the connection it wants you to make reminded me so much of that like pixel hunting in yeah, Metroid totally, Other M totally. that I was like, look, I know that Sakamoto didn't direct these Famicom Detective Club games or didn't produce them. He was just the scenario writer. Yeah, but it was in the air. <laughs> it must yeah. It seems like I was when that was happening, I was like, oh my gosh. It's a mechanic he loves and wanted to bring back. Um, yeah, and I mean to to that to that point and those things that you will encounter while playing these games if if you choose to after we spoiled I know I the, know the, the whole game we almost should have like we almost should go back and at the beginning to say like hey you should play these and now we're gonna spoil the whole thing. <laughs> that's a great point we did a bad job um, but uh, I I think they they would even be fun to experience anyway even knowing because again like we. Uh, I cannot imagine that our explanations made very much sense. Great point. So I think it'll still be like experiencing new games for new. Uh, and also, like, please have a walkthrough handy. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just consult it anytime you're stuck. Because, like, it's fine. Uh, you're, you're missing some convoluted thing that you were never going to figure out anyway. And it, it, do not worry about it. Um, so our email uh, about Famicom Detective Club comes from Chariot Goblin, who writes, Hey, NCS crew, I have completed both Famicom Detective Club games. I started with The Missing Air and then went on to The Girl Who Stands Behind. I think both these games are great and represent an era of, of weird Nintendo that seems to be lacking these days. These remakes being localized feels like a miracle. I feel that The Girl Who Stands Behind is definitely the better of the two in terms of cinematics, atmosphere, music, and quality of life gameplay. The story was definitely more predictable than The Missing Air, but that's interesting. Um, and it, it may have the darkest ending in all in all Nintendo game history. Um, I also had less trouble uh, progressing in The Girl Who Stands Behind. Um, also, Ayumi for Smash, and hopefully a remake, and hopefully they remake and localize that third game. 
Sorry for the long email and keep up the great work. Chariot Goblin, that is not a, a long email. Thank you for writing it. Um, good to... Uh, man, yeah, I, we're, we're never going to get that third, the Satella view. Uh, no, game, right? it doesn't seem like it. Although, I, Chariot Goblin's email makes me think, Patrick, do you have... Because The Girl Who Stands Behind is like a prequel, yeah. would you recommend that people play The Girl Who Stands Behind first or The Missing Air first? Um, I am always, in uh, situations like this, going to say release order. Yeah, same. Uh, missing Air and then... Because Missing Air is also... you. One of the mysteries is you don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's play that game and then play The Girl Who Stands Behind. I think they're def. Yeah, I agree. I think they're definitely meant to be played that way, even if, like, the story in the Famicom Detective Club yeah. universe, like happens to have the girl who stands behind first if somebody was only going to play one of these this games, is a great question which one would you recommend because i at this moment do not necessarily have like one that i'd pick over the other N- me me neither i i think i think chariot goblin is in line with my that my thoughts are in line with chariot goblin and if you were only playing one i would probably say uh the girl who stands behind but if you're gonna like if this is something that you're gonna like get into like I say just play them both. Like they're if if you want to play these games, they're fun games. Yeah, and again, it's only like twenty hours, so it's not like a huge time commitment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I agree with that. I think you're right that I would probably rec- uh recommend the girl who stands behind, just because the characters are a little bit more fun. Yeah. Like the world has a little more flavor. Um. Although for me, the missing heir I found to be a more like compelling story. Yeah. So again, we've put our recommendations here after an hour and a half of spoiling the, the plots of both these games. Mark, let's close out our discussion. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts if you like the episode. Please share it on Facebook or Twitter or with uh, your friends who just want to know about Famicom Detective Club. Um, if they've ever even heard of it, this it, it, this feels so small, doesn't it? Like in the realm of like what people are talking about in Nintendo, like yeah, I think so. The I th- footprint's so small. I mean, I think just like adventure games, it, that's a small slice, and then like retro adventure games, yeah. like an even smaller slice. But yeah, for sure, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of conversation around it. Right. So we're here having all the conversation about it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. It's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Coms. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox.
Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.